0: have you Neelix instead of your dad the next day. Okay. 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 <laughs> Good afternoon, James. It is afternoon.
1: It is afternoon, you're right.
0: It is afternoon. The things you do when you're not at work.
1: I know. It's great. It's Monday afternoon and we're neither of us at work. I
0: oh, know. I know we're doing a double episode today, folks.
1: Brush yourselves.
0: I, don't I don't know how they, how, how do you think the second episode's going to go? Because that, that's, you know, fun work. It's a bit like the football or the rugby, you know, where it's getting into extra time and the players are tired and they start making mistakes and they start lashing out. Do you think that's going to happen?
1: Oh, I, I don't know. We'll have to see how, how much you annoy me during the first episode. Whether I decide to start the second episode with a massive row, or not
0: really. Well, you, you've already annoyed me before the first episode, so you you got in there first.
1: I, I did. I, I had to get that first dig in before you'd started recording.
0: So we've had our first disagreement off air <laughs> already. This is um, so. This is going to go well by the sounds of things. <laughs>
1: We might have to get JJ to put some sort of language warning on this one because it might get a, a little bit, yeah, guttural, shall mm-hmm. we say? hmm
0: Yeah. So we're talking about Betazoids. We today. are. Mm. I mean, I think it's fair to say that there's not a lot of zoids to talk about per se, but there's a lot of zoid episodes because obviously yeah. we've got we've got one main character. Yep. Um That was in all, all, I think, all 179 episodes of um, TNG. So. There's obviously lots to talk about there. I've got a supporting character that was uh, related. It was in yeah. a lot of episodes as well between DS9 and, and TNG. Um, I think we've also, because we've already identified this affair as an interesting one on Voyager, we want to talk about as well. Very much so. Um, so why don't we start with the obvious, place? Why don't the obvious one? Why don't why don't you kick off? <laughs>
1: Okay, so we'll start with Troy because why wouldn't you start with Troy if you're going to be talking about um, Betazoids, Betazoids blah, 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 blah. I've not drunk enough wine yet. Betazoids, there we go. Um, so she's the ship's counsellor on the Enterprise D um, under Captain Picard. Um, she has a on-off relationship with Riker Um, She is actually only half uh, Betazoid. She's half human, half Betazoid. Um, And yeah, she's the ship's counselor. She's also an empath. Uh, She doesn't seem to have the full telepathic abilities of um, your standard Betazoid, but she's um, empathic. And she basically acts, more often than not, they seem to treat her just like another sensor on the ship. Uh, so they'll, they'll go into a battle, they'll scan for it, and then they'll go, Counselor, what can you um, detect? Then off they go and do their mission. So I think a lot of times she's not well used as a, a character. I don't think that a lot of times they give her enough all-roundness.
0: Yeah. Uh, I uh... think
1: sometimes she's just treated a little bit like a piece of equipment.
0: Yeah, Councillor, that ship that's taking heavy fire, what are you sensing? I'm sensing fear, Captain. No yeah. fucking shit, Diana. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I, to begin with, I think that was very much the case, talking specifically about um Diana's character and Marina's portrayal of her. Fortunately, they made better use of the character and uh, Marina as an actor. Uh, as it went on, and she actually got some really good stuff to do. And they didn't make enough use of her in the first half of TNG in terms of her comic timing yep.
1: uh,
0: and, and the range that they had, but once they, you know, one, once we get past season four, I think in, in Deanna's case, we, re, we really see Diana coming into her own and Marina actually getting some stuff to to work with, um, which was, was good. And I actually much preferred her in in the uniform.
1: Oh, yes, uh, very much so. Why they spent the first few seasons where they're not in a unit? Well, why they did it, it was obvious because you know, pretty lady, let's just dress her in something provocative and mm. stick her next to the men. Mm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's an appropriate or right thing to do. It just didn't work for me. Didn't didn't that?
0: Yeah, and it's Oh, I mean, the, the, the Riker-Diana thing, actually, the inspiration for that was the, the Decker-Eylea relationship from the, the slow motion picture, um, <laughs> or is it the motionless picture? I can never remember. Um,
1: uh, I, I think I've managed to sit through that twice, and that's enough. Uh,
0: you know, he, he, this is our first, like, here's our first tangent, folks. Um, So, I really want to like it. I, I, I think there's a great science fiction story in there. I think there's a brilliant science fiction story in there if they had made it less like 2001. Yeah. Um, with yeah. all the Starship porn shorts.
1: Very uh, much so. And, and oh, let's just rob uniforms from Battlestar Galactica because, you know, why not? Oh, the pyjamas.
0: What, yeah. what was the pyjamas about? You
1: uh, know? I, I, I don't know. They, they, were, they were different.
0: They certainly were. Um,
1: yeah. On the plus side, if you, if you don't watch it in HD, if you're ever going to watch that one, don't watch it in HD because the um, penis shadows shall we call them, are mm. very distinct in, in that film. You can definitely see exactly what each one of them had for breakfast.
0: Um, can you just give me a few minutes? I'm going to go and check the booty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, 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 do, I want to like it, I just I can never love it. That's that's the issue I have of it. I can't love it. Um, so I think they tried too hard. And I think there was some well-known issues with Roddenberry's interfering in um, the script was just basically getting made up on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, so there was, I think there was a whole world of issues there. I mean, they, they nearly pulled it off, but not, not nearly enough in my opinion. I, I can understand why some hardcore Trekkies do like it, because I think there's enough Star Trek in there. Um, between Kirk Spock and McCoy, but not in the first half of the film at all. comes into the Kirk Spock-McCoy thing really only takes off in the second half of the film where you you get an essence of what that relationship was from the original series.
1: Yeah, no, I think you can say that about any Star Trek, though. We can look at any Star Trek and say, I can understand why some people would like this bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Star Trek, it's been going for that long. They've produced so much that it can't all be gold. It's just statistically never going to happen that every single bit of Star Trek ever produced is gold. So, and there's always going to be something that somebody's going to like. Yeah.
0: There's, there is one thing about the coming back onto, oh coming back on topic. Um, strangely,
1: we, we've only been at it about five minutes. What are you doing?
0: Um, there is one thing about the Betazoids that's not that well known and it's actually it's very very important is the relationship between Betazoid and Tottenham Hotspur football club um there is a great relationship between Tottenham Hotspur and Betazoid so much so that Deanna has a Tottenham Hotspur badge on her right shoulder blade tattooed Uh, and not a lot not a lot of people know that
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. Just to uh, make you feel uh, better.
0: And also, Diana um, is a Tottenham Hotspur um, season ticket holder, I believe. Uh, goes to Tottenham Hotspur quite a lot. She transports back or works back and uh, goes to to the Tottenham home games. She was even photographed, uh, Diana Troy, at the Champions League final in 2019.
1: I feel like this is a setup to a joke that's very long and drawn out. No, this is all fact.
0: I, I, if you, these are all fact that there's a long, you know, a long and well-established relationship between the Betisoids and Tottenham Hotspur. They're all Tottenham Hotspur supporters.
1: Okay, I'm just gonna go along with it and ag- agree that okay. I have to- no idea what you're talking about.
0: That's okay, about. and that's okay to not know what I'm talking about, that happens to me quite a lot. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Luxana? Yeah, let's. Um... Well, actually, let's talk about your wine first, because you've just taken a, 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 a swig of your wine. What have, we, what have we got?
1: I wouldn't. It's absolutely terrible. Luckily, I'm on the second glass, so it does, I can't really taste it as much.
0: So uh, you're acquiring a taste then for it? Uh,
1: no, I'm just, I've paid for it, so I'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm on, uh, uh, my first beer is the Drygate uh, Bareface Lager. Next, I have a Caesar Augustus uh, by the Williams Brothers. So if you're listening, Williams Brothers or Drygate, um, sponsorship is welcome. Feel free.
1: If McGuigan's Black Label are living are, are listening, please don't send me oh, any. So it's McGuigan's,
0: oh, you don't like that? I like the McGuigan's Black Label. Is it the Sheerahs?
1: I can't remember. It tastes like Vimto that somebody dropped a vodka shot in. Well, that must, it must, it's just must be grim. the Shiraz
0: then. It will be very, very tasting if it's the Shiraz. It, it's,
1: it just tastes like. No, I'm, I'm not impressed.
0: Um, and if you're from McQuiggan uh, Winery, um, despite Jamesy's comments, we will actually actively take some sponsorship from you as well.
1: Oh yeah, send it. Send all the wine to Gregor so that he can prove me wrong. <laughs> but only if the beer people send half of it to me.
0: <laughs> oh, um, Luxana! Do you think she likes McGregor?
1: Um, th- th- there's lots of comments I could make there. Um, Luxana is a fantastic character. I love her so much. Um, she's complicated. She's interesting. Um, she's Really a strong feminist, which is really nice to see in Star Trek, um, especially in the era of um, TNG, where fen- feminism was still taking a back seat to men are in charge, ladies are objects, um, whereas Luxana really takes that feminist slant on it, which I really um, like, Uh, But then again, so does the whole Betazoid culture. It seems a very um, balanced culture. It's not matriarchal. It's not patriarchal. It just seems quite um, a level culture when it comes to gender. So I really um, like that. Played absolutely beautifully. Um, The portrayal is just... Oh, I... Yeah, I I, I can't fault uh, Michelle Barrett's performance as um, Luaxana. She's almost like a believable pantomime dame, Um, but I'm putting a big stress on the believable bit because she's really over the top. She's really um, out of there, but you still believe the character, uh, which I think is a a lot to say for Michelle Barrett because I think had you given the same scripts to somebody else it could have very easily just been a silly comedy role. And yes, she's funny, but I, I just think that it was very well played was the role. I love her relationship um, with Captain Picard, um, the subtle and not so subtle flirting. Uh, I love her relationship with Odo when we get into DS9. Uh, that's a, a beautiful relationship between the two of them. Um, and I also enjoy that mother-daughter interaction between um, the two toys as well. And you get to see a different side to um, Marina's acting as well when she's up against um, Miguel, because she takes a real... almost like a, a rebellious teenager role uh, in that relationship. And I quite enjoy the fact that it gives her the opportunity to show a different side of her character as well. So, yeah... In Case you haven't guessed, big fan of Loxana, love it a bit.
0: At uh, a convention one time, I was, um, wasn't so much a panel, it was Richard Arnold, Gene Roddenberry's former assistant, doing a talk. And um, Major was giving Gene a really hard time to get a part in the show. And he was really struggling to, to get around because I think it's Haven. I think it's the first episode she's in, which I can't remember if it's season one or season two, but it's, it is that early. And um, Tracy, uh, Tracy Torby wrote this episode called Haven, and Gene Rodbury said, thank you, thank you, you have saved my marriage. <laughs> you've saved my marriage. And he we went home to Major, and he says, Major, you've got the perfect part for you, and you don't even have to act. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that, was the, that was Richard Arnold's story about uh, how Major got cast as someone <laughs> uh, the first uh, Yeah, I, a lot of people find her quite annoying, but I think um, we're fortunate that we, we have all the stuff that we have on, on Loxana, and we see her, and, and you alluded to it somewhat there, we see her um, from, you know, going in as this quite powerful but annoying and overbearing character, overbearing on Diana, you know, wanting her to get married and, and, and things like that. And then we, we do begin to see some really interesting stuff in TNG. We, you know, our, our art goes all the way through to Odo and stuff like that, in DS9. Yeah. But even in the later episodes of TNG, TNG we get some great um, Loxana stuff. But the one half a life is brilliant because she falls in love with the guy who, uh, from the race that euthanise each other when they get to a certain age, which in itself is a fantastic episode, but obviously it's told, told through the prism of... Um, where Luxana is in her life, yeah, you know, because um, she's similar age to the guy. She's found a new life with this guy, and he's accepting that that this is what his race do for the the good of the resources on on the planet. So, it's Star Trek what,
1: does you know, Logan's run?
0: Yeah, yeah, Star Trek does Logan's run. So, you know, the, the questions were well, you know, even when you get older, you know, there, there are still um, new new lives to lead for yourself and. You, adventures to have my fellow was the the core message there um and also the the, the god i'm helping with the name the, the episode where she's having the psychotic episodes that are affecting everyone on the ship and it's the memory of kestra
1: i know the um episodes that you mean we've had the conversation about my ability to recall episode names before and it, it just I doesn't
0: that's why i put you on the spot there um yeah
1: it, it it's not going to happen um but i I know the episode you mean. Um Yeah, I just really, really like her. Um and I don't I don't know, I've never met my Barratt, Barrett, obviously. Um, but I'd I'd be very surprised if she's not acting, going back to what you were saying before. Um I don't think anybody could could have lived with actually lived with Laxana Troy. <laughs> So she can't have been that that level of overbearing and flirtatious and what have you. And I think flirtatious is quite an understatement when you're talking about Roxana Troy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought that was a good episode. Um, well, a, a good act for the character with mm. some, some great episodes in there, um, actually. and You know, it certainly brought depth to the character. Beyond the sort of um, comic, very flat portrayal that we got in the, the, the first episode.
1: Yeah, it took her away from being a caricature, really, didn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's, you know, introduced so much more depth, which, you know, gave gave us the great stories uh, in the episodes that she was in, um, particularly the orchestra episode. Which I don't like Picard. You know, I don't like Picard. If you've heard us before, you know, I don't like Picard. Really?
1: I've not noticed. I I thought it was your favourite.
0: I did think that um, bringing when Diana and Riker made uh, Kestra, um, as in Diana's old deceased sister, uh, and they had a baby girl called her Kestra, I thought that was a nice touch. I thought it was well handled. Sometimes these Easter eggs that Kurtzman throws in are quite clumsy, but that one I thought was quite moving. So,
1: did you almost pay Kurtzman a compliment then? No, that's no. definitely what it sounded like.
0: Uh, it wasn't. It was a
1: backhanded be. one, but it certainly sounded like well, a compliment. Well, a backhanded,
0: yeah. a backhanded compliment is the best you can ever hope from me. <laughs> Oh, um, it's
1: still a compliment.
0: Um, I, I mean, I'm sure he's not going to sleep tonight going, oh, God, if only I could get Gregor to compliment me. you know. Well, I,
1: I, I'm sure you're definitely at the forefront forefront of his every waking thought.
0: Um, but, yeah, but we had a disagreement off air. We did. Um, we did. We were we talking
1: were, about Tim Man off air, weren't we?
0: We were, we were, and we ended up scratching each other's eyes out over it.
1: Yeah, luckily there's um, a few hundred miles in the way, so I, I, I had a yeah. bit of a head start on you chasing me down. But yeah,
0: but um, I, I did damage my screen on my laptop trying to, try to well,
1: do it. So the, the only person who suffers there is you. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, you were talking off uh, uh, about Tim Man, and I just said that I didn't really enjoy the episode, and you. you decided to agree with me vehemently I uh, disagree with me vehemently should I say. Okay, well, okay,
0: so let's be civil about this. What what disappoints you about that episode then? What what do you think it is that you didn't enjoy about?
1: <sighs> what do I not enjoy about Tim man? Oof, I just find it a little bit plain. Um I don't think there's much to it. I find that it's a bit predictable, a bit meh. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It just sits there in the middle of not being a terrible, but not being a fantastic episode for me.
0: I had liked it, um, but I think our experience, because you would have watched it in terms of once the whole of TNG is out, I presume
1: uh I would imagine so by the time yeah was so you'd, you'd it. have
0: been slightly um watching it in terms of you know retrospectively yeah whereas I was watching it when it was just being released oh yeah and because uh, I think it's a season three episode so season three is that key eight, key season where Star Trek the next generation a became its own program beyond TOS Mostly due to the, the climax with the best of both worlds. But also, it, it moved from being a, a goofy sci fi show with synthesizer music to um, much more orchestrated music, a much more cinematic look, because obviously it was starting to, the audience was growing, so it was getting more investment. And I, I think that Tin Man is one of these ones that shows that, because it's got an orchestral soundtrack. It's not got the silly synth music that seasons one and two had. Uh, it, it does have. It's quite Star trek in that you have these strange new um, creatures um, that everybody's to down. Because I think the Ferengi are racing them to these creatures as well. Yep. So so this exploration and finding new life, that that, that element's very Star trek But from a Betazoid point of view, it's the first thing we really see uh, where their abilities can actually have an effect on their own mental health. Because the character, Tam, who's going there to, to talk to Tin Man, he's really struggling mentally. And then when he goes to Tin Man, that's where he finds his peace. Um, so, you know, despite the dif- despite the perspective of us watching it probably 10, 15 years apart, it, that, that's why I, I really liked it. And I, I thought it was quite an epic episode at that time. It was when, you know, when we were watching TG and acting, I'm going, wow, this is getting really good now, you know? Um,
1: yeah, I suppose you've got a point there, because watching it, out of sequence, because I almost certainly watched it out of sequence, and 10, 15 years later, um, it was probably the Romulans aren't really a threat. Which makes a big difference to this episode, if the Romulans don't feel like a threat. Because you know the outcome, if that makes sense. yeah, Which would dilute a lot of the strength of the episode. Mm Mm-hmm if that yeah. makes yeah. sense. And I think that's one of the things, that um, going off on a tangent again, I think that's one of the reasons that series like Discovery and Things shouldn't have been set where they were because it's not a real threat because you know that it's a happy end ever after. Um, you know that we're going to get to um the Enterprise-D era of Star Trek Utopia. So anything before that, yeah, all right, they're going to have ups and downs, but you know you're going to have a happy ending in the end. Um, I'm hoping that Strange New Worlds doesn't suffer the same um, fate. I really wish that they'd have created a series that came just after Nemesis, because that would have given them the freedom to actually expand the universe a little bit more. So maybe the issues I have with this episode is similar to the issues you have with, um, or some of the issues you have with Discovery. Let's not list all of the issues you have with Discovery. Uh, But maybe that's... Exactly, we've only got an hour. Maybe that'll be one of the reasons why a lot of people struggle to engage with Discovery because they already know it's got a happy ending the same way that I didn't get the same emotional journey I don't think that somebody who watched this in sequence at the right time could have got from this episode
0: I mean I, I partly agree with you but I think it's a bit more complex than that in the Discovery case because it's, contrary to what you've just said you know to counter your point because I, I think you're making the point that because Discovery Season 1 was the Klingon War, but everyone knows how, you know, that but there was rivalry for years, but neither the Klingons or the Federation or Earth destroyed each other. Yeah. Um, so it was never going to be a, 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 a um, what's the word, a genocidal com, um, climax to, yeah. to the season. But, con- to counter that I would say season one is the season of discovery that I would say is my favourite a, a strong word but it's not my favorite but it's the one
1: <laughs> it's the one I
0: dislike the least you know which is you know not goes against what the point that you've just made.
1: Yeah no no <clears throat> perhaps um and that comment wasn't just referring to you specifically it was just more mm. of a I think it ties down a series too much. I think there's too much restriction when you make a prequel series like that. Um, and, yeah. No, I've lost my turn of thought. Though. Yeah, well, I think, that, I think the Enterprise
0: have got away for it, away with it because they went far enough back. It took um, a couple of seasons. Well, I think that a couple of seasons is a bit unfair because there is some gems in season one and two. Uh,
1: Enterprises, Enterprise, they, they took the right attitude to a prequel series, though, which was to explore already existing lore.
0: Mm.
1: Whereas Discovery seemed to want to insert conflict that doesn't necessarily need to exist, and even if it did exist, the conflict becomes pointless because you know the outcome.
0: Mm.
1: Whereas had they taken a slightly different slant and more done like enterprise didn't explored things that already existed then i think it would have been a stronger first season
0: possibly but yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll come back to discovery uh, as we uh, we do every episode so let's uh, (laughs) say um
1: I keep trying to give you that opportunity to change your mind, Gregory. you see, and say, actually, I was uh, wrong. I love it. So I'm going to keep going.
0: You see, I I admire your tenacity in trying to change my mind. (laughs) But what you're up against with that is I keep watching an episode. So all your good work (laughs) goes out the window when I watch the next episode. Uh, So coming back to uh, Betazoids, Yes. Or, or or is it Cardassians? Oh no, wait, that's no, the next not episode. Yet. <laughs> um one of the classic episodes of, of TNG does have beta I don't think they're central to the episode per se, but they do play an important part, of it, and that is the drum where Admiral Satie has a beta advisor. Yep.
1: In
0: the courtroom. Um and it's this There's a world of questions here about the the efficacy of having essentially um, someone who's just shot their mind reader in a court.
1: I absolutely love this episode. This is one of my favourite TNG episodes. I just think it's exquisite. I absolutely love it. Um, Yes, the ethical uh, dilemmas in it are a massive big part of that. Um, But, no, i It it is one of my absolute favourite episodes. Um, They pace it right. Everything's well executed. Um, The whole case against the crewman and the way it's constructed and... Is is it a setup? Is it not a setup? And no, I I I really like this episode. You're right. The Beta Z element in uh, the Beta Zoid element. I keep getting Beta Z and Beta Zoid the wrong way around. Um, no, nobody brought the planet. It was just a person. Um, and I think that that involvement, like you say, the character doesn't do a lot, but it gives you so much to think about. Um, it's almost like the Star Trek's version of a polygraph mm. but in the form of a, a person that, yeah, no, it's it's just a very, very clever and very well-written episode and it, it does sit up there as I, I would probably say it is my favourite TNG episode of them all.
0: I, I mean, I've got an appreciation for that episode from, you know, the the role that I have for exploring what I do for a living and, and in, in terms of um, only being able to analyse the evidence that's in front of you, mm-hmm. and only being able to act on the evidence that's in front of you, um, yeah. which obviously Admiral Sati wasn't. She was, you know, basing it on prejudice of prejudice against Romulans, prejudice against Klingons, yeah. um, finding that oh, someone's half Romulan, therefore he must be um, absolutely despicable. But a, a side note, I mean, this is how great and how big. TNG was at the time. Well, look at the co-star they had in that episode. They had a Hollywood legend as a guest star in that episode. You know, You're
1: gonna to have to tell me who that is. I'm rubbish at faces and people.
0: Uh, Gene Simmons, Admiral Satie. Uh, you know, but, doesn't wasn't Gene mean,
1: Simmons a singer?
0: No, that's G-E-N-E. This is Gene
1: J-E-A-N.
0: Ah. Because um, G-
1: you say Gene Simmons and I'm sure I'm thinking of Kiss. Am I on the right band?
0: <laughs> You're completely um, real You are going to get it with both barrels at some point in this episode. Um, <laughs> this is it not is, gene,
1: was it not Gene? Was it Gene Simmons? Not Kiss? Have mm-hmm. I got the wrong band?
0: No, you've got the right band. You've got All the right. wrong. You've got the right band. You've got the wrong Gene. It's like completely it's, the wrong Gene. It's You're the getting... same name though, especially when we've just not. You've just not got the genes for it.
1: Right. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to Google Gene Simmons.
0: Oh my goodness. Nice. Let's have a look. This is amazing. Gene Smith. Anna.
1: I'm just trying to see if it's just the fact that you're an old man and
0: I'm not. Well, okay, is obviously, why... she was a she was <laughs> about 60 in my episode. My episode was 30 years ago. So it was right, just let's... Like...
1: Let's scroll back. Oh, she did do um, some voice acting in Howl's Moving Castle. I do like that one. Um, But let's see if there's anything that I've actually seen that she would have been in. No, no. You've never seen Spartacus? Uh, I I just got back to Spartacus. Uh, I have seen it. I don't remember it very well. Um, Oh, I've seen Guys and Dolls. She was in that apparently. Um, no, no, these are all well before my time.
0: There is no before people's time. There is only good or not good.
1: You're right, but um, there's only
0: greatness or I,
1: not. I, I can't watch every film ever made, uh, so I've I've not watched most oh, of. It's a
0: bit like uh, it's a bit like Julia Roberts appearing on Discovery. Okay. That's it's that level.
1: Okay. Now I know who Julia Roberts is before you tell me that I'm... Or, Mi- or, Meryl,
0: or Meryl Streep or Glenn Close. It's a bit like getting one of them oh. to appear on Discovery.
1: I would watch Meryl Streep in Discovery all day. I love Meryl Streep.
0: So on the next episode of Gregor Educates James... Uh... <laughs>
1: Not my fault that I haven't seen a lot of these old old films. So, yeah, that's I'm lying. Not... It is exactly my fault. But still, have you seen
0: Twelve Angry Men?
1: Uh, I have been to a pub in Portsmouth. Right. Okay. They're usually full of angry men. I can understand
0: why you're saying that, um, but have you seen the film Twelve Angry no. Men? No. How many have you looked through the IMDb Top 250? How many have you seen, do you
1: think? IMDb Top 250. Let's have a look. Right, okay. Let's... Have I seen number one is always a good question. Oh, Shawshank Redemption, yes, definitely seen it. Um, But no, I haven't seen 12 Angry Men. That's number five. Um, I've seen most... Oh, I haven't seen The Good, The Bad and The Ugly because I hate cowboy films. Um... All right, go on. You shout at me while I'm looking to. Right. Okay. Please. Okay. The good,
0: the bad, the not just a cowboy film. It's a Sergio Leone cowboy film to an Ennio Morricone soundtrack. And
1: you're just saying names at me that I don't know.
0: So it's So, so you. Uh, since...
1: I fell asleep during Inception.
0: My um, ex. Podcast mate has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I fell asleep during the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring.
1: Uh the Lord of the Rings films are all right. The yeah. they they could have been better.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's a better, here's a bad game. Let's just show age. Which ones? Have you seen in the cinema? The Shawshank Redemption, I don't think anybody saw that in the cinema. Everybody saw that on DVD or VHS um, back in the day. The Godfather, I saw on TV.
1: Yeah, I've never seen those in the cinema. I did see The Dark Knight in the cinema, that's number four.
0: I saw that in the cinema. 12 Angry Men, I didn't see. Never seen it.
1: Uh... Shadow
0: Sister, I didn't see in the cinema
1: no i didn't because i don't think i no i didn't it was 1993 i wouldn't have been old enough to see that at the cinema because i think it was a 15 at the cinema so i wouldn't have been old enough to get in
0: lord of the rings i've seen the three of them in the cinema.
1: i saw all of those at the cinema yeah
0: fight club was a dvd pulp fiction was a dvd
1: yeah i saw forrest gump at at the cinema
0: did you i didn't see that i waited for that dvd uh, I saw the first three Star Wars films, as in episodes four, five, and six in the cinema.
1: I didn't, because I wasn't born for all of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, the, Matrix, <laughs> the Matrix was a VHS. Nope, Good saw that in the cinema. Yeah, Goodfellas I like to see in the cinema.
1: No, I Goodf- would have been too young.
0: Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, I was five years old, I definitely wouldn't have been allowed into the cinema for that one. I
1: was minus blah, 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 years old for that one.
0: Uh, Seven Samurai, I've never, never seen. Never seen it. Seven, I've never seen. Life is Seven's Blue. all right. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, I went to the cinema to see.
1: I definitely didn't. There's no way they'd have let me into the cinema when my age was in single figures.
0: Yeah, uh, just going down Interstellar, I did see at the cinema, and I'm still trying to get my money back for that I've one. I've
1: still not seen Interstellar.
0: Do you like science fiction? Yeah. Don't see Interstellar
1: okay I've, I've seen very mixed reports about interstellar i'm yeah. surprised it's so high up in this list on imdb to be honest
0: if you want to see a film about a genius female scientist and the relationship with her father that's better watch contact
1: oh i like contact that's a good film
0: yeah um yeah, yeah so I, thought,
1: I saw the lion king at the cinema does that count
0: i've never seen the lion king
1: get out oh. go on off you go that's that's ridiculous how can you not have seen the lion king
0: what age were you when the lion king came out uh
1: 1994 i started secondary school in 1994
0: so i'd have been 11 or 12 okay. i had been at university and was running pubs at 24 years old when the lion that, that's, king
1: came. that's no excuse not to go and watch hamlet with lions
0: uh, Hamlet of lines. Okay, okay. Shall we get back to better because this is good downhill.
1: <laughs> hey, that was a different tangent than
0: normal. We don't know what to offer. That was totally random. Um, so, the, the, so we're agreed on the drum head.
1: Yes. Brilliant episode, love it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a Actually, I, I recommended it to uh, a guy that I worked with that was a treatment solicitor at the time. Yeah. And uh, he thought it was brilliant. And he'd never seen an episode of Star Trek. I don't think you need to have seen an episode of Star Trek to, to enjoy the drum, the drumhead.
1: No. But we do need to stick a pin in drumhead as well for when we get onto the next episode, because that will tie into something quite interesting as well.
0: well okay, I'll just put a wee to so next Pop to a, pop a pin in
1: drumhead, because when we start talking about Cardassian courts, it's a good one to drag into the comparison with.
0: Mm. Yeah, where you're guilty until you're proven guilty.
1: Um, Pretty much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, who else do you want to talk about?
1: What well, we've you... got to talk about the murderous, psychotic um, Betazoid on Voyager, who eventually ends up with floral gardens implanted in his brain. And that, that for a character that only appears in, a, is it three episodes? He's not in very many. He has it's... a fantastic arc. Yeah.
0: Because we first meet him when he's the murderer, don't we? Yes. Because again, again, we, this is a big guest star. This is Brad Dorff. Yes, and who, who was the, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest?
1: The minute he appears on screen, you know he's going to be a buddy because I don't know if he can play anything else,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or whether he's just typecast. I'm not sure whether he actually has the ability to play um a goodie or not. Um, it's a bit like when you see Alan Rickman walk on screen, you're like. I'm sure you're going to be a baddie. Um,
0: now I have a machine <laughs> gun. Ho, ho, ho.
1: It's <laughs> thrown me completely with your terrible Alan Rickman impression. But anyway, um, so yeah, the minute he appears on screen, you know he's going to be a baddie because you know the actor. But just the fact that they actually give that character such an arc in such a limited amount of time. He gets a better arc than half of the main people on Voyager. It's like... A better better arc than Kim.
0: Harry Kim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harry, sing please, from, can, please from can the I have a promotion? History. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, is right, down to the main mail, because we spoke about the Vulcans last week, didn't we? Yes. And I don't think we spoke about the two Tuva main mail, did we? Uh,
1: Don't know. I've got a feeling we might have briefly, but, you know, I've
0: slept since. So it it, it was um, a mind meld, interspecies mind meld as therapy, really, wasn't it?
1: Yes. And the whole point of a mind meld is my mind to your mind, your mind to my mind. It's not a one way thing. It is a two. Hmm. It's a mind meld. It is a melding of minds. So some from one goes into the other and vice versa. And it drastically changed his personality to the point where he kind of stops having these murderous feelings and he starts going into horticulture instead. And then at the end of the day, he dies saving the ship.
0: Just just remind, remind me, because it's a long time since I've seen any of the pseudo episodes, but specifically going back to the first one, is it, um, how much of it is that he, he actually just wants to kill people uh, and how much is it that he just has no empathy?
1: If I'm remembering correctly, there's some sort of, and I am remembering this, so feel free to send me messages on Twitter and tell me, James, you're a fool. You've forgotten how the episode worked. But if you I remember right, already, folks. he had um, some sort of specifically betazoid condition that um, blocked his ability to control his impulses. Mm. So when he got the impulse to kill somebody, he just went and killed them because that was part of the the psychosis that he was going through at the time. But I might be wrong on that. That's just the way I'm remembering the episode. Feel and the only way collect, really to fix him was the mind meld between yeah. him and Tuvok.
0: Yeah. Feel free to connect, uh, James, on that one on Twitter. Please.
1: I do not mind being wrong. I am quite happy for people to tell me I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, I does who, it
1: all the time.
0: Uh, anyone that listens to the show knows how wrong he is. <laughs> oh I, I'm getting a look here folks this is not going well this, that wasn't this, a look, that was a full out glare this is not going, this all started <laughs> this all started with Tin Man before we started recording <laughs> so um, yeah no I'd I genuinely would be like, I'd be interested to hear people's opinions on that um, you, know, uh, you know how much you it. How people, how people interpreted that um, and, you know, how... What's society's role in correcting people who are like that?
1: That's what, what I thought it was. I thought it was yeah. an, an, alleg, an allegory for how society does, doesn't, should and shouldn't treat people who have mental health issues, mm. was the way I read that episode. Yeah, and, and how much...
0: Because a lot of part of it has played out when on the on his McKee storyline so it's how it's how much how much of the environment around you shapes yeah. the person that you are
1: it's the whole nature versus nurture argument isn't it
0: yeah um so you know that was you know so we've gone from diana being uh i'm sensing deception captain romulans diana no shit. Um, to Suda, this is this is quite an arc we've gone on ourselves, I think, in our exploration of the betasoids so far.
1: Don't forget we had Loxana in the middle trying to have sex with everyone.
0: Um, what, what do you think was the attraction to Loxana wanting to have um hardcore dirty explicit sex with a shapeshifter?
1: What you mean, somebody who can take whatever physical shape you want? Yeah, well. It- if if you can't see the appeal of that, Gregor, then I don't suggest you go shopping at places like Anne Summers, because you know there's there's certain things that you want to be a certain shape and size for mm-hmm. certain reasons, and a shapeshifter can be whatever size you need them to be.
0: I, I was just throwing out there, <laughs> yeah.
1: and I just wasn't being tactful with my response. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I. I... I quite like a lot of people don't a lot of the DS9 fans and, and of which I am one um, are, are particular key, particularly keen on the Odo stuff. I actually thought it was really well done.
1: I, one I, of my favourite parts of that relationship is when they're both in the broken tur- uh, turbo lift, uh-huh. and it's it's been so long since Odo took physical form, and he's got to go back to being uh, a liquid. And he can't do that in front of somebody because he's embarrassed. So she shows him her true hair. And they they really have that that moment where they both break down each other's barriers and they both remove the mask that they show to everybody else. And they both massively expose their vulnerability to each other. And I just think that 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 part of that episode is absolutely beautiful, the way that it's done.
0: Well, not the episode where he gives the, the elevator a good fisting. Is that the same episode? <laughs> I
1: can't remember. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the way I would have phrased that, but um, uh, I don't think that's the same episode, is it?
0: They're certainly in the elevator.
1: In yeah, no maybe, no, maybe No. it is, because I, I think there's... Only oh, yeah, I, Yeah. I
0: think it is, because that's yeah, why yeah, you've been yeah. in the elevator for so long, because it's yeah broken yeah. And yeah, to, yeah, you're yeah. right.
1: So it gives the ele-
0: he gives the elevator a good fisting and uh L'Oxana's very impressed right
1: yeah. that. Yeah. But no, I just enjoy because if you think back to the, her first appearance in TNG and the persona that Luxana had there through to her being it trapped in that turbo lift with Odo and her really showing a vulnerability, it just shows such uh variety within a single character that i think's really important to see Mm. and i think the the best characters in star trek are the ones where you do see that range of emotions and you see the ranges of the different sides of them um the ones where you are you are this stereotype and you will conform to this stereotype throughout your time on star trek they're less successful characters in my mind.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why we both like DS9 so much as the, uh, the yeah. character death of... You,
1: you know. definitely see the duality in most of the characters in DS9. I can't think of any single faceted character in DS9. They all have multiple angles to
0: them. Yeah. So who's your favourite Betazoid?
1: Lwaxana. Lwaxana. Without a shadow of a doubt. Love it a bit. I find... Yeah. Troy to be, and I think you're right, and I think that the restrictions that were put into the scripts in the first half of TNG, but I find Troy as a character to be, for the majority of her time on screen, to be very almost robotic in the fact that she's basically used as a piece of equipment. And I don't mean that as any negative. Thing towards Marina Certis's acting, I think that was a, a script and direction um, issue rather than um, an acting ability issue, because Marina Certis is a fantastic actor. So it's definitely not down to um, lack of acting ability. So please don't tell me off um Twitter. I'm not saying Marina Certis was the downside to Troy. I think that the writing and direction in early TNG was the downside to Troy. Yeah. I struggled to build that relationship with the character because the writing was so wooden.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, as I said earlier on, you know, I think they completely underutilised Marina as an actor. Yeah. You know, her her comic timing and the depth that she showed in the later stuff. We should have seen that all much earlier. Very much so. I mean,
1: Jellicoe fixed it, so we're all right.
0: Captain Jellicoe. He was the
1: one who got her into uniform, and from that point she became an actual character with different elements to her. Was
0: hmm. that before or after she'd done her command exams? I think it was before, wasn't it? I can't I remember. She, I think it was. I think she'd done her command exams after that.
1: But to me, that Jellico episode is the turning point for Troy. That's hmm. where Troy stops being about as much use as a new isolinear chip and becomes an actual rounded character.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are episodes that I can... I can think of where she played a a, a bigger role as the counsellor, uh, at least. As a crew counsellor, there was things where she played a role um, yes. on an individual level, but as uh, the captain's advisor, given that she sat to the left of the captain on the bridge, yeah, um, that was never utilised enough until later episodes.
1: Yeah, no, there's a there's a big difference between being a good ship's counsellor, though, and being one of seven people who are the main stars in a television series i picked seven out the air then it might be more but you know what i mean yeah. um being one of the main stars you've got your name in the opening credits of every episode you should have a rounded character
0: yeah. i mean the, the, the thing is though that they the brought in our ships counselor uh, as a guest star who was actually a better ships counselor yeah yeah Um, in the form of Guinan. And then because it was Whoopi Goldberg, they had to give Whoopi Goldberg lines, so they gave her all the lines that Marina should have had. Yeah. Um,
1: Which, I do really like Guinan, so I struggle to... It's difficult. It's like, I really like Guinan, but I really like Troy with personality.
0: Ah! Yeah. I mean, that's not a criticism of either Whoopi or Marina, that's a criticism of the writers.
1: Oh, very much so. But yeah, if you're writing a cheque to Whoopi Goldberg, you need to make sure you get your money's worth, don't you? Yeah.
0: Because
1: yes. she will not have been cheap.
0: Oh, especially if she's back, kicked your door down to get in the show, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, don't stare a gift horse in the mouth, as they say. Yeah. Um, so, now, yeah, I wonder I mean, if
1: the speculation's too. Is Whoopi Goldberg going to appear in season two of Picard? Well, he
0: asked her on live TV. I,
1: I know, but but we haven't actually heard anything since then. So is she actually going to make an appearance or was that just a, a conversation?
0: Well, they're pretty good at. I mean, most TV shows are pretty good at keeping secrets now.
1: Yeah, very until, much.
0: Until they, um,
1: until they decide to.
0: Until post production's finished. Most. Yeah.
1: Um, it's like all right. the. All the leaks have been coming out from John DeLancey this last week or two via um, his cameo videos that he's been recording for people. There's no way he just decided to do them. That's all been pl- oh, yeah. planned and plotted by um, Paramount. Oh,
0: yeah, it's all part of the social media strategy.
1: Yeah. absolutely. Um... because I heard of it via social media, which meant they didn't pay for an article.
0: Yeah. Or they maybe may pay for an enterprise level of Hootsuite or something like that, but no, it's not the same as put, taking a, a page in a newspaper.
1: Or, not at all, no. Uh,
0: or, or a thirty-second slot on TV to to post your your trailer. You know, it's nothing nothing like that at all. Um,
1: not that it really costs that much when you're on the TV network, but
0: yeah, yeah,
1: but, uh, yeah.
0: Um. So I uh, going off on a tangent. I finished. Um, for All Mankind last week. Okay. Um, fuck me. I'd oh, rather man. not, but go on. Fuck me, man. Uh, what? I, I, I don't know how a show about an alternative history of the moon landings and the space race that in season two is set in 1983 for a completely different network can feel more like a Star Trek prequel than any other Star Trek prequel.
1: Okay. I've, I've yet to watch it, Um, although on your recommendation, I have now got access to Apple TV, so I can now um, watch it, but then I got far too distracted with The Morning Show and never actually got onto For All Mankind.
0: Oh, is that on is that Apple as well, The Morning Show? Is yeah, it? really good, really is good. Did you, enjoyed,
1: did you enjoy Mad Men? Was it Mad Men, the one in yeah. the advertising agency? Yeah, I liked Mad Men. Well, right, imagine Mad Men and Good Morning Britain, including Piers Morgan, are all put into a big melting pot, and that is um, The Morning Show. Really, okay, really, okay. really, I'm really television. That, I'm
0: going to start that tonight, because I'm obviously looking for a box that yeah. I haven't finished for all my Very strong television.
1: The first couple of episodes are a bit because they're doing all their exposition bullshit, but it really does get going, and it's very, very good. Okay, I'll
0: check that one out tonight. Um,
1: but I will... I will also check out um, For All Mankind. So there we go. That's our Apple TV swap.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And Jeff Russo does the music for it as well. Oh, cool. So,
1: you know the music's going to be good then, don't you?
0: Yeah. Um, so well worth checking out, but oh, fuck me, man. Episodes nine and ten of season two. Jesus, that was a bit tense. <laughs> Christ, it was tense, honestly. Yeah. On.
1: T- tell us how it made you feel without telling us what happened.
0: Well, I mean, I've been quite obsessed with the show, watching it, and um, I was late to season one, because I basically only watched season one on a recommendation from someone, because it was on Apple, and I thought, oh, I'll give it a go, so that was earlier this year, and season two, has only just been released, and the last episode was last week, so I actually watched season one um, just before season two came out. I wish I had waited two months until season two had finished and then started to watch it.
1: <laughs> I, I I had that issue with the morning show. It's like um, season, season two is coming out in a few months and it's like, oh, I want it well, now.
0: Um, I I um, it was one night I I went to bed at half past two. Yeah. Um, and so the sales like, where have you been? I says, like, I, I had to watch the end. It was season, it was the season one climax. I, like, I had to watch that to the end. I could not come to my bed, and then. Yep.
1: Rich and I had exactly the same conversation about the morning show when I rolled yeah. into bed at about two o'clock.
0: Yeah, and um, I, had, I had recommended it to my sister. And um, on just on Friday past there, um, I'm sitting, I was I was working from home on Friday, so I'm sitting, I've got them all set up and I've got my head in Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that, really exciting. And it's eight o'clock on a Friday morning and I look down at my mobile and it's my sister's name on the phone, I'm like, whoa um i'm thinking
1: must
0: be must be my dad so yeah answers my phone answers the phone as my sister goes you what is it you i was up in my bed till half past one last night (laughs) watching for all my kind on my laptop i had to get to the end of season two i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's the effect it sort of has on people so I'm not sure that's really your fault.
1: You've oh. recommended something good and she's enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so I'll give, give them all an show. I've seen it flash up on Apple TV, but... Um,
1: yeah, I didn't you know, know I was... Jennifer Aniston could act. It, it was quite a revelation for me.
0: Oh, up until this point, I don't think Jennifer Aniston knew she could act. Um, that's so... what I just
1: said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Jennifer Aniston actually able to act and not just play a silly, comedy, ditzy character. And plays an actual real character with real depth, and I was I was surprised because I was a bit oh Jennifer Aniston, it's going to be fucking stupid, but no, it was actually quite good.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not a big fan of her. I have to say, but if uh, if the show's well written, and which um, it just sounds like from what you have said, it should be should be good. So yeah, oh, yeah. Give... it's, it's got one... quite a few it...
1: people in it you'll recognise. Is it one season? At the moment, yeah, the new yeah. ones due out. I can't remember. When the second season's due, but it's not that long off.
0: Okay, I'll give that a go tonight then. Because um, we, as I see, we are on, a, on the hunt for the next box. Yeah. Because so
1: next week, when Gregor tells me it's shit, <laughs> I might not. I like I
0: that. I loved Mad Men, so um yeah. If it's in that vein, it should should be good. Because um, obviously, another
1: comparison that's commonly made is that Studio. What was the number? Studio,
0: studio sixty. 3? Studio sixty and Sunset Strip.
1: That's oh. the one, and that's another comparison that's made between them.
0: See, I liked that because it was Alan Sorkin, and mm. generally I think Sorkin's amazing, brilliant writing. And I thought Studio Sixty was first half of the season was awesome. Yeah. And then the second half of the season, it just because um, it was a twenty-three episode season or something yeah. like that, and i only got one season. And basically based on the second half of the season I'm not surprised it only got one season but the first half of it I thought it was brilliant I thought it was Sorkin of back at his best and everything. I don't know what happened in the second half of the season but it definitely that, lost an impetus
1: I haven't actually seen that one I just know that from the internet that's another comparison that people make, is it just because it's set in the world of behind the scenes on a television programme I'm not too sure but
0: I mean the newsroom was uh, it's about 10 years old now the newsroom, that was great but I, I, I get it, it was Sorkin Um, but the third season I couldn't think was as strong as the first
1: two seasons It's interesting talking to um, friends who have worked on things like breakfast television and things to find out just how real the morning show is and apparently it's very very realistic the um, massive amounts of internal politics and backstabbing and stuff that goes on in a television in the world of TV and everybody wanting to have their star shine slightly brighter than everybody else's and that kind of stuff apparently quite realistic
0: are there any betazoids in it?
1: No, sadly not. No.
0: Okay, so we've just wasted ten minutes talking about a show with no betazoids in it. It's... Do you want to? Do you want to apologise <laughs> to JJ, or What well, we just don't bother apologizing not bother to... apologising. Not bother. No, I'm yeah, not to be sorry for it. <laughs> yeah, let's not bother. So he'll be lost the
1: better job doing. He should have done it himself. Yeah, he'll be lost
0: to This again, going
1: bastards, bastards. <laughs> Twelve minutes you've been talking about that now. <laughs> I did notice when the uh, Vulcan episode went out, what part of the um, write up for the Vulcan episode was something along the lines of, oh my goodness, they stayed on topic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we won't let that happen again. No,
1: we've got a reputation to uphold. So um,
0: I I think we've exhausted our beta solid chat. I'm sorry. I'm sensing that we've exhausted our betaoid chat.
1: I I can't tell because you look too much like a Ferengi. See what I did there?
0: Do you, do you not think my, my, my dark brown eyes are quite Betazoid? I mean, I've got that Betazoid look.
1: Yeah, but it's the massive ears that just make me think you're a Ferengi, so I can't tell uh, what you're thinking.
0: That's my headphones. Um, ah,
1: that's what it is, is it?
0: Wait till you see me as a Ferengi in the next episode. <laughs>
1: But we are not cut Oh, I'm confused.
0: Oh, no, Kata-sins. Kata-sins. it's Katasins, Kata-sins next. next. Yes. Yeah,
1: yes. I was going to say, because for the Ferengi episode, I might actually stick my Ferengi headpiece on.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't know if that's going to work with with headphones. That might be a bit difficult.
0: Yeah, maybe uh... I'll just
1: take a picture and pop it on the Twitter.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm, I yeah. think I might do that. I'll do that. I Have
1: suppose. you got a Ferengi headpiece as well?
0: I haven't got a Ferengi headpiece, but I've got I've got something in mind. So. <laughs> Um yeah. Uh, right. So um I think we've come to the end of the episode. So uh just I think we have. Where, where can we find you, James?
1: Uh you can find me on Twitter at The Millerton. What about yourself, Gregor?
0: I'm on Twitter also as The Crab Ginger, and it's the Scottish elections this week, so expect some rants over the next few days. Oh, wait a minute. Scottish elections are passed. SNP won and we're independent. Sorry, Heather. Forgot this isn't going out to after the election.
1: I, I... I will just smile and nod because we've got local council elections which okay. don't mean an yeah. awful lot.
0: Oh, oh sorry. Um, oh, SAP came so close to uh, a majority, but uh, we're going to have to stay with the UK. So, JJ, if you're listening, I've covered both both results there. So, you can edit this out accordingly. He's not going to edit it, is he?
1: No, he's going to leave both of those in and make you yeah. look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, until uh, next week, folks, um, I'm signing off. uh, So live long and prosper. James?
1: Live long and prosper.